The following is a gifted punksters podcast. The show will begin after we attempt to sell you some shit. Please hold. It's hard to meet women in the city, and even harder to find ones that will poop on you. At least, it used to be, before I found Pooper. Pooper works just like other popular dating apps, like Tinder or Grindr. Only, we do things a little differently here. With Pooper, you don't even have to live in New York to be on the receiving end of a Manhattan transfer. Or a Brooklyn cookout, a Bronx knocker, a Queens colonel, or a Staten Island ferry. Or a Park Slope supper, a Midtown brown, an Astoria furnace, a Soho shanty, a Crown Heights shite, or a Williamsburg turd. Or a Buffalo bomber, a Rochester fester, or an Albany armistice. Pooper, put your money where your mouth is. Welcome to Gifted Punksters. This is Kevin. This is Pat. What's the date today? I don't even know. Uh, the 14th? Yeah, the 14th of November. November 14th, 2018? Yes. It's a Wednesday. Yes. You hear this, it might be a Wednesday, but it won't be this Wednesday. Yeah. And two days ago. No, it was yesterday. Was that yesterday, really? It was yesterday. It seems like two days ago. Dear Lord, man. Are you sure it wasn't Monday? I'm absolutely sure. Wait. Yeah. No, you're right. It was too late. It was too late. Yeah. yeah you know, you're right. I was going to say, I had a whole reason it's very why fr- I knew It's it very fresh Monday, for you, and I'm sorry. It's, it still feels like yeah, yesterday. It's, it's, yeah. As of Monday, Stanley is dead. Stanley. Jesus Christ. You found a better way to put that. Jesus Christ. That's what it is. You could just. He, the deceased passed away? I, I don't know. passed on to another universe. He, okay. It's not the Marvel universe or I, our I, universe. I didn't mean dead in a negative sense. It's, it's just what it is. Uh, <laughs> apologies i don't know well now i'm self-conscious i can't do this now <laughs> no go ahead stanley's dead go ahead stanley has died yes. is that better not really but okay go ahead <laughs> stanley took a, the great sleep of many unicorn <laughs> and will no longer be residing on planet earth yes better okay okay uh that's the thing that happened yeah it's weird uh stanley i was going to say creator of spider-man x-men hulk eventually i was gonna do a whole thing where i just list out ralph a bunch of characters but i'm too tired for that right now (laughs) i mean that's like the thing that people have brought up and i i get it but like that there is kind of a thing where he did kind of take a lot of the credit for the creation of those characters when he didn't like he didn't not create the x-men or spider-man but like his collaborators were as important, if not possibly more important, by virtue of the fact that like it was Marvel method. <laughs> so like writer of, I mean, really like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is basically based off of an, yeah a combination of Stanley and Brian Bendis, who we've talked about at yeah. great length. Yeah, but no, like when I heard, it's funny because like it's kind of you can kind of get the generational thing of it because like for me it's almost like my fucking like it's like a grandfather I never met died. And I feel like that was like a lot of people because um, I was at work when I found out and um, there's a guy that I work with about my age and there was this woman in between us who was like my parents' age and like I was like, no. And they were like, what? I was just like, Stan Lee died. And Raul's like, no. And like Kathleen's like, who? Like what? what? <laughs> and I'm just like, and it's like, I feel like, because I feel like to like a lot of people like because people didn't even okay yes people gave a shit about comics in the time that he was making comics obviously because they're also they wouldn't have continued on enough to but buy i feel them, like it's i think it's it's chicken and the egg yeah i feel like at a certain point though i feel like you certainly revolutionized them i'm saying i feel like but i feel like as more people kind of became aware of the actual like nature of what stanley did he became more and more kind of revered so it's like he was kind of like this figure that was very unique in the sense that like to a lot i i still think it's weird people say like he's the creator of marvel but he's not the creator of marvel (laughs) no but i mean he's the creator of their universe because before him it was really just captain america and a couple other characters and namor and yeah no other characters that i aren't nearly as embedded 
in cultural consciousness. Well, but, but but there were a few. There was a corner of the Marvel universe, but it wasn't nearly as expansive. I mean, but still, I'm just I mean, saying, pra- like, not every, but practically every movie in the MCU is based off of a concept that he helped create. And I mean, I think like, be, all right, before Marvel, you had DC on the other side of the street, mm-hmm. and DC has a lot of big iconic characters, but each one has its own particular creative team that's what i was about to say actually yeah whereas with marvel it's like this one guy shows up and all of a sudden boom you have fantastic four you have spider-man you have the hulk you have iron man you have the avengers you have ant-man x-men x-men every big fucking marvel property you can think of other than captain america it's stanley and even captain america had literally brought back yeah he had been kind of yeah like nothing and then like he was kind of literally on ice and even still (laughs) to bring Captain America back, he at least still got one of the guys who did create Captain America yeah. to help him. Yeah. Jack Kirby. No, yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like... But so think about that. That kind of classic, like, the original, like, heavy hitters of the Marvel bullpen, yeah. pretty much all gone now. Yeah. Stan Lee, Steve yeah. Ditko, Jack Kirby, all gone. Yeah. So that's well, kind of weird. No, yeah. Well, but in fairness, it's like the thing, it's like, uh, when I told Raul, because Raul was like, oh, how did he die? I'm like, he died of being alive for 95 years. Like an old dude. Yeah. I mean, like I will say though, I mean, in recent years, like I had said, I think I've said on the show, like Stan Lee in his nineties is like, well, until recently, obviously was more spry than I am now at a substantially younger age. Like he just had such like an intense, like, passion for life and the characters and everything i actually think it's funny is i remember um because it's been funny because like in the last couple of days you've been seeing all of these like i don't know maybe not you because i know you don't use twitter but um on twitter you have like every fucking person in comics like kind of sharing their stand stories and like it's funny how like you can see like my favorite being like Bendis's where like Bendis was talking about like these different times in his life where he's like talks like the first time he met Stan Lee where like he was like bringing it was like bringing like pictures to a con or whatever mm-hmm. and he saw Stan and Stan was like Brian Michael Bendis like you know my name and he's like you're wearing a name tag schmuck <laughs> and he's just like it was the greatest moment of my life at that point yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like the next time I met him I mean he made he made people happy and. I think that's really the saddest part about losing. Like, yeah, the cultural significance, sure, it's something, but like, I, I think there's always something kind of, and I think this gets misconstrued when I say it, when I'm like, I'm not really affected by celebrity deaths. It's Normally not, I'm not. So, well, I, I think the thing is like, it's not that I'm not affected by it, but like, I don't necessarily think it's like, I, I'm not sure that I think the proper response to celebrity death is to mourn as much as, it's kind of the idea of like, Hey, like if you're gonna throw me a funeral and I die, I don't want people to stand around and be sad. I don't I don't want people to mourn. I want people to celebrate. Celebrate my life, not mourn my death, you know, that kind of thing. And I think when it comes to a celebrity death, particularly a celebrity who left behind a huge body of of work, of art, like there there's so much to celebrate, you know? Like the cultural significance of Stanley will never be lost just because he's dead. I mean, I can go over to my bookcase now and I can open up my Stanley Amazing Spider-Man omnibus, and there I have like the first what five years of Stanley's Spider-Man run, the original Spider-Man run, like, and you have that for all of his runs at this point. I don't think there's a single comic he published for Marvel at this point that isn't collected in some crazy oversized hardcover. No, edition, I, think you know? like, I mean, no, I mean, I'm not, definitely not understating his importance. Like, oh, but what I was gonna say yeah. is that because I kind of went on a tangent there, um, but. I think the thing that truly is sad about his death is, I mean, like you said, I mean, he he was spry and so full of energy and passion about everything that he did. And the world needs more people like that right now. Like we're living in a super dark nihilistic time where everyone's bummed out about like the Trump machine or whatever. But I, I don't know, maybe like at a certain point, it's important to step away and just be like, no, like we're we're OK. We're going to be OK. You know, let's maybe think about people who are not quite as OK as us, but still ultimately like we'll, we'll get through this and you get through it, I think by like having people around you that remind you it's like there's there's more to life than just doom and Donald Trump you know or anything it doesn't have to be Donald Trump just anything that has people bummed out in 2018 because there's a whole bunch of things that could be bumming you out yeah so yeah it's sad to lose a supremely positive person in a super negative time well I think like that's kind of like your thing and I get and I get that that's fine but it's like for me, it's like the thing I did before was just like 
there's only two that actually like affected me, like affected like my actual mood more than just being like, oh, that sucks. No. It's been literally just Stan and John Hughes. Like when, because John Hughes was almost like a dad that I never met. Mm. And like Stanley was like a grandfather I never met, where it was just like people that I didn't know, but like phenomenally affected my life. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I felt sad. I've discussed on the podcast before, but I felt sad when Bowie died. Which was strange. But that, that's like one of the only times I can really recall being sad. I mean, I definitely remember being like 12 years old, being pretty bummed that Hulk Hogan was retiring from professional wrestling. He never retired, though. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> Nobody know in wrestling retired. I know that. I was 12. I was 12, and it was like the end of like the the raw era. Or like, I don't know. It's still, it's still, it's the longest rating. Uh, not, not the raw era, the attitude era. Mm. That shit was coming to a close. Fair enough. But no, like, it was just like, I don't know, the stand thing, because again, I don't, I see why people, like, there was some people who did point out some of the things that stand, because if you read, um, I've talked about it before in the show, um, Marvel The Untold Story by Sean Howe, it's very much like a warts and all, like, showing of, like, the Marvel, like, the basically, like, Marvel behind the scenes mm-hmm. for basically the first, like, 50 years, whatever, 40 years, whatever. Um, but like, it's just a matter of like, even the things like, especially in the age of like the Me Too movement, like even the things that Stan did that weren't basically, weren't necessarily like the best, like, like things for a person. It's, it could have been so much worse. Like, I feel like his record, I have not read the book. These are not my feelings or thoughts being expressed. Gifted Punksters does not identify with the opinions of its hosts. That's literally, that's, that's all the show is. Um, Don't give them that. It's admissible in the court of law now. I don't think it is. I don't think you understand law. Uh, (laughs) um patrick attorney of law over here all right right. family of lawyers yeah yeah but attorney bartlett (laughs) tell me that's my aunt my uncle and my grandfather um but attorney p trizzle wow weird p trizzy wow please stop but no but it's just a matter of like i mean i've said to you before like and i've mentioned like the, the first like two comics i ever owned were the first appearance of Justice League, there was a reprint mm. and a random Fantastic Four book that I've actually since found because I saw it with the cover of Epic, Epic Collection number four. So I sent it to you guys. So that's fucking weird as hell to me. Um, but like, so in like a very specific way, like he influenced my interest in comics because the first fucking, one of the first two comics I ever owned was something that was based on like, his creation, like the one of the ones he did was yeah. before. I mean, I would go so far as to say that if you got into comics at any point after Stan Lee's entrance into comics, then like you're probably in comics because of Stan Lee in some form or another. Because after that, I mean, I think that, I mean, any medium or artistic outlet, I think there's always someone who shows up and after that person, everything's different. Everything's informed by them. I think with comics, everything's informed by Stan Lee because Stan Lee kind of created the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. So anything yeah. to come since Fantastic Four number one, I feel like, is affected by that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is because um, actually going back to the, the, just, the, the it's weird that I got Just League and Fantastic Four at the same time because like there's the whole story where basically Stan was going to quit comics because he was just like yeah. he wasn't doing what he liked, and his wife was like, "Why don't you just do it the way you would do it if you're going to quit anyway? Like, why not?" And so we did Fantastic Four, and like that kind of literally that did set the bedrock for like everything because. It's kind of like the whole thing that like Stan kind of did that was for like a long time. It was kind of known as like the Marvel style versus the DC style, which now they kind of have the same thing going. But the whole idea of making superheroes human and like literally just not focusing on what they can do, but focusing on who they are. And I feel like that's something that's is why that like comics have kind of managed to like maintain popularity and become, cause I think it is really cool that he died kind of at the height of all of this. Where yeah. It's I mean, like, that's that occurred to me. Like at the very least, like I knew this was coming. Yeah. It's kind of cool. He at least got to see this. Yeah. Cause I'm saying like, it's, it's like, 
And almost to its end. That's what I'm saying. Like, the fact that, and he will be, I mean, technically, because apparently he, I knew he had shot at least his Avengers 4 cameo, yeah. but Kevin Feige has since said that he's done. Well, yeah, I mean, after more. Avengers 4, I mean, we're, we're ushering in a new era anyway, so, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's kind of a nice, not nice, but, you know, it's 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 a way to have kind of an end piece to a certain era. Well, as I said, I, it's, it's all not an end piece. He's not an end piece, the human being, but it's yeah. all contained, you know? Yeah. But no, but I have heard apparently Kevin Feige had said that they shot a bunch more. So, yeah, for how yeah, much longer so he'll we'll have see the cameos, but yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, but, this might be grossly theoretical and impossible to answer, maybe even unfair to answer, but would you maybe say that if not for Stan Lee? doing what he wants because before fantastic four he was writing like cowboy stories and shit and just whatever monster books yeah you know comes along does fantastic four does a superhero book do you think had he not published that superhero book maybe eventually the superheroes they had over at dc would fizzle out and eventually the whole genre would just disappear from what i understand i can again i can only like kind of see it as history did play out so i'm kind of just looking at it from like almost a like narrative standpoint but by all accounts, they kind of were fizzling out by the time he was taking over and like did because by all accounts, like I people, think I think after Congress kind of went after. Comics. Yeah, exactly. Like they, the superhero comics, especially like it was like they, they were they were after horror comics, but like comics in general were kind of getting to the point of being dead because no kids could fucking read them because the parents were taking them away. And it was just like, but like if you look at like Fantastic Four, like or really anything like Spider-Man, X, like whatever, it's like. I don't think there's anything about that where you can be like, I, I even though I do know, cause like my mom, I think I was always funny was, um, my mom's, uh, aunt had said comics were lazy reading. <laughs> so she wouldn't let her read comics. Um, and so like, my, but my mom me. to her credit, never in any way, like, like in any way discouraged me from reading comics like because it was like i think she knew because like i was reading when i was like a kid i was reading the same books that like every like that she and like every adult in the library were reading like michael Crichton and stuff <laughs> i was yeah. also reading spider-man and green yeah. lantern and shit like that so it's like in the end like that was the whole thing is like in the end good storytelling is good storytelling like regardless but that's the thing is like, i do feel like i've heard basically like by all accounts, basically comics were dying out. And then like literally Marvel was a silver age to a large extent. Like you could name probably way more like important Marvel stuff from the silver age, probably than you can DC stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and plus too, I think DC silver age stuff is largely misaligned because it's like, Oh, that time Batman fought aliens or whatever. Or like, no, it was more like he was, it was very true to the fucking talking gorilla of the I, fucking I heard that uh sus- the reason there's so many dc books from the silver age yeah. with a talking gorilla in them is that anytime dc put a talking gorilla pop sales uh, yeah anytime that they put like a monkey or something on a cover of a book yeah sales would boost and so whenever they had like a bad a bad sales period. They so would it's just weird that Grodd something. is like the biggest fucking character in the history of but, the well, Silver but Age. Well, but it wasn't always the same talking gorilla. No, no, I'm just saying. But you'd so, think that like they would just milk that fucking cow. He's just the one that persevered, though. He was mm. one of many. Yeah. And, and then over time, humans. they were like, oh, maybe there's something to this particular take on that idea. <laughs> but I mean, like, to have more than one talking gorilla villain. I mean, how many talking gorilla villains do you need? Well, apparently him and Ultra Human, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> insane. But yeah, I guess those are the two that stuck around. Even that's like... Maybe unfeasible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, that's the whole thing is I do feel like all of those characters were characters where you can't really, there'd be no reason for you to, like, really have, I mean, like, I can see why you'd be maybe dismissive of them, but I don't think anyone would be like, you can't show this to kids, because, like, what are they, like, right. I can totally see, like, Golden Age Batman, why you'd be like, ah, fuck, we can't show this to kids, like... I mean, even Golden Age Superman, I feel like there's some... Yeah, no, that's, I don't disagree like, with you, no, you're right. a wife beating to a five-year-old... Yeah, no, you're not, and... And, and, and also, Wonder that Woman. Superman's solution to that is just throw him out a window? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, like, Wonder little... Woman, like, where it's, like, it's very much, like, bondage. tied to, yeah, like, yeah, it's, I, uh, that was very, not meant to be a pun very, tied to bondage, but, um, but, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I do feel like that was kind of the other thing that Marvel had going for them was that 
it was stuff that you wouldn't necessarily feel badly have it either showing to a kid or having a kid read you. I mean, like you might not like respect it, but it's not something where you'd be like, no, 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 absolutely not. But I feel like that's the whole thing is like, to me, it was the the one thing I I actually kind of want to go back to this, but because I think we had kind of talked about this off air about something completely different. Mm. But um, because part of my whole thing was when um, I saw some people like reacting to the stand thing. Some of them were legitimately people who I do not dislike as human beings, but people that like I went to high school with who made fun of me for like in comics. Yeah. And I was just like, his reach has grown. The fact that like I had people who like made fun of me that like really gutted by this. I was like the first, my first instinct is like, fuck you. Yeah. But at the same time, my whole thing is like, I know people, I have friends who don't really give a shit about comics, but they That's like the movies. probably pretty shitty to make it about that when a dude's dead anyways. Well, fair. <laughs> but, um, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like the fact that like, it's like the whole thing I heard Ben Weasel say, like, for, because back when I was younger, like when you're like, when I was a punk and everything, it was just like, all, all the things I liked were things I kind of keep in my back pocket. And if they kind of outgrew my back pocket is when I was just like, no, fuck this, like whatever. And then like, I remember and fuck you for liking it and like taking it away from me basically. Um, and Ben Weasel from Screeching Weasel being like, nobody's born with a mohawk. And I'm like, he's got a point. Like if you have passion for something, it doesn't really matter how you got there. It just kind of matters that you're there. So it kind of had to apply that to everything. Um, so it's like, it is weird to me. Like, the, like some people who like, didn't give a shit and like by most accounts wouldn't give a shit but like the fact that people are like affected by it i'm like there's a part of me that was just kind of like what the fuck but then there's like a bigger part of me that's just like it is kind of fucking cool that like his reach had kind of got to the point where people who once dismissed something now not only I mean, accept it, really but like two seconds to look at comic as an art form, and you see Stan. It's it's hard. It's, it's hard to be angry. <laughs> you gotta be a real doucher to be angry at Stan. No, there was tons of people on Twitter that day. Like there was something like, and I, which I thought was shitty, but like I totally I understood because like I don't know. I feel like the day he died isn't really the day to do it. I mean, I do because it, it's like the whole thing with like Michael Jackson, like. I don't necessarily say on the day he died you bring up I mean, the child molester thing, did, but like did, did Sam molest someone. No, but I'm just saying like some of his like the things he did. Like I said, like the, some of the misdeeds. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that in terms of his like. Well, no, it's not, it's something like of him like being like a horrible like lecherous person. It's just a matter of him being like not always kind of kind of indulging his own self interest above others. Okay, so, so he didn't fondle anyone. No. Okay, cool, cool. It's just a matter of, like, Don't he just kind of, no, yeah, no, he just kind of, like, did put himself above, that's that's part of the whole, like, Ditko, Kirby, like, everything that people talk about, and I don't think that they're necessarily wrong, but I don't also feel like, in a lot of cases, it wasn't really necessarily Stan's choice, like, like in Ditko's case, like, it's like, I don't really think Stan was, like, at any point just, like, taking full ownership of Spider-Man, because like he didn't want Ditko to, I think Ditko wanted nothing to do with humans <laughs> and talking about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So like whenever people are like, they want to talk to Spider-Man, they're just going to talk to Stan Lee and Stan Lee's going to talk about his take on Spider-Man. And it was, I mean, to a large extent, his creation. Would it be the same without Steve Ditko? Fuck no. Dr. Strange yeah. would be the same without Steve Ditko? Fuck no. Well, I mean, that's why I read once someone gave their, I think it's like a, reputable rock critic who fucking knows but yeah. someone offered their two cents on why the band bush was able to be as successful as they were and it was at the end of the day it was like here's a band that sounds like nirvana has this that same aesthetic and very beautiful man <laughs> very like- beautiful looks cool but also most importantly aren't afraid of the media and of the camera and the spotlight yeah. you have nirvana that have that kind of like I don't really. I I I don't want to call it. Uh, let's say hesitance. They have that punk hesitance yeah. of of the spotlight, where they're a little worried about selling out and, and losing their yeah. integrity. Their edge, yeah, yeah. You've been like, but Bush doesn't fucking care. No, you know he's like posing for for magazines. With In his, fairness, with his Gavin Rossdale. I mean, he's a fucking beautiful dude. So of course, like yeah, I will say, I I like the first. I like the first Bush album. Second Bush album has 
one, maybe two songs on it. I have no real interest in Bush one way or another. After that, honestly. I'm out. I heard I a Gavin. Ro- them, I but... heard a Gavin Rossdale. This is totally off track, but I, I will say I heard a Gavin Rossdale uh, solo tune on the radio the other day. Okay, it was pretty bad. I wouldn't know. <laughs> it wasn't my jam. <laughs> I don't listen to it wasn't radio. My jam. I won't say it's bad. Maybe someone's into that, but not me. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Sorry, Gavin. <laughs> but sure no, you're, like sure you're plenty nice. That's the thing, and it's the Kirby thing. Like I know Kirby uh, was kind of pissed that like Stan. Cause he's just like all these characters are mine, blah blah. I'm like, but that—that's not to me. That's not any, any better. They should have taken their shirts off and thought about it. <laughs> I'm just saying to me, like that's, not, that's not only any better than Stan taking all the credit. If you're taking all the credit, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the, all of that's. Like, I mean, comics and by in general are just a medium that it's uh, it's it means words and pictures. Like it's both are equally important. So it's like my whole thing with like the Stan credit situation is I'm just like. I get it, but at the same time, it's just like, what else? Like, yeah. he was the only guy. He was, and also, even like more than him being a creator, him as an editor was insanely important. And like, I don't feel like he gets enough credit for that. Like, mm. I feel like he gets all this credit for like. I mean, that's another place writing. where you, I think you can argue too that he helped craft yeah. Marvel's universe. He may not have created. I mean, the Marvel name came after mm-hmm. he showed up. Yeah, but. Like I said, you really just had Captain America, a couple other characters that, you know, eh, they're there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I feel like you're really undervaluing Namor, but that's fine. I'm not undervaluing Namor. I'm just saying that it's it's not about what how I perceive Namor. It's about how the public perceives Namor, which is either they don't know who he is or if they do know, they're like, who's this weird fish dude? This is like Aquaman, but kind of gayer. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> No more not, not that there's him. anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, a fishman says no, preference. And, and, also, and also, that's not me. That's literally anyone I've ever spoken to who's not a huge comics person. Anytime Namor comes up and they're like, who's Namor? And I, either I explain to them and they're like, oh, that guy. Or I have to show him a picture and they're just like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's all them. They think that he's gay Aquaman. Fair enough. Actually, no, not even gay. Gay or Aquaman. They already think Aquaman, Aquaman is gay, is which not, he's not. N- not that there would be anything wrong with that if he were. Be. An underwater dweller's pre- sexual preference is no one's business but his own. <laughs> you know, we're all a little sideways underwater. Weird. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> you swing whichever way the current brings you. I, I got it. I'm just going to make it less weird to see if I can hey, explain man, there's it. low tides and there's high tides. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Got all kinds of. I I got it. I I I followed. Thank you. All kinds of maritime. I, I get it. <laughs> but no. Back to, oh Jesus. But no, like that's the whole thing is like during that whole era where it's like cause we we did an episode of like the seventies, uh, like Marvel. Did we? Did we? I thought we did. I don't think we did. Oh, I thought we. Oh, we, we had we, still to do that then. We, we did two like, thousands and we did eighties. Yeah, we did nineties too. I thought we did seventies too. I guess we, we kind of did nineties. Yeah. Yeah, fair I'd, enough. I expected to do seventies. Much like nineties comics themselves, the nineties comics podcast, I only vaguely recollect. <laughs> fair enough. And mostly, I'm just taking your word because you said that it happened. <laughs> the nineties were a blur for me, baby. Wow, um, it did <laughs> happen, but um, but no, like, I mean, that whole era of like all of those, all of the stuff that happened in the seventies was all like Stan as an editor, like bringing in talent. And like, I mean, that's that. I mean, the Christ, like he's more prolific almost in that way by virtue of the fact that like he kept everything going and it wasn't about him. I mean, like, yeah, there was Sam's soapbox in like the back of you, those books, I mean, but uh, like. Here's what I'll say, and I don't even mean this in a deterring way. It's that Stan was so important to Marvel that even after he had not worked for Marvel for decades yeah he still got more attention than anyone who actually did work at marvel <laughs> yeah well that's the thing I, that's what that's the thing I, that's what kind of drives me nuts about the whole like creator of marvel thing like you're not the creator of marvel but like people just don't know any better because like to him he's a identifiable as well, like, stanley created face. comics <laughs> right stanley wrote the first comic everyone knows that um but like i do get it by virtue of the fact that like Christ, they put his fucking cameos in things he had nothing. Christ, they put his, he had a fucking cameo in the Teen Titans Go movie, for Christ's sake. So it's just like, just because at this point, people are just like, they're accustomed to when they see a comic book movie, seeing a Stanley cameo. He had nothing to fucking do with Deadpool whatsoever, but he was in Deadpool. Like, he presented Deadpool. 
<laughs> Stanley presents. <laughs> but like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the only one he didn't have a cameo in that I can think of is Blade. Um, which could, because he had nothing to do with it. Like even the Netflix shows, he's usually not actually there, but usually there's like a photo of him in the background or something. Yeah, exactly. And Deadpool too. I really liked his, which you didn't notice in the theater. It blows my mind in Deadpool too. His cameos that he's on the side of a billboard. Oh yeah. Okay. When they're, when they're parasailing into the city I and all dying. I did see that. I think that. it's on the podcast where I mentioned that and you're like, Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, okay. I definitely see it now. I, maybe I didn't see it at the time. I don't remember honestly. Yeah. I think I'd have to go back and listen to that podcast, but I'm pretty sure that's where it was right after we saw the movie. I think that's where I realized that because I brought it up and you, you said you hadn't noticed it. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, cause I definitely noticed it now, but, um, but no, like to me it was so obvious cause you're like watching on a 20 foot screen. It's just like, <laughs> Stan's face is huge. Well, yeah, and like, and like, I actually like, um, Christ, even in video games, like, um, mm. he was in the Spider Man game. <laughs> like, yeah. there was a little bit in there, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, I don't even know how the fuck they did this, but this is fucking amazing. Um, so that's the thing is, like, I completely get what people would just, like see him. I think he's been in other Marvel games too. Oh, I have no idea, honestly. Older, older, um, Spider Man games, maybe. Well, yes, obviously, not the, <laughs> there's not a newer one. No, no. Like, um, no, but there's other Marvel games. Well, fine. Um, but I don't know. I do think if you're going to have like a face of comics, you definitely could fucking do worse. Like, cause there's like, I can't leave anyone else. Like I like Dan Dio, I like Jeff Johns, like Jim Lee, like all those dudes like them fine. But like, well, I mean, let's put it this way. You have other people who are the figureheads of a largely successful cultural imprint I don't know, let's say like Miramax or something. And uh, and, and you turn out to be a complete and total fucking cretin of a human being. Well, no, he was never a cretin. He's an awful human being. He's a, still good at his job. <laughs> a shit stain on humanity? Yes, I will give you that. I mean, that's really what I was going for. I don't give a fuck if he's good at his job or okay. not. Uh, but just as a human being, um, you know, smells a little bit like, like corn bran. Weird. <laughs> you know, just. I get just, it. It just goes right through you. Jesus. But no, like all of the people who are like kind of like being presented as like the faces of other companies and stuff, even the people who are like, I love Joe Q, but like, I think basically if you put like a Joe Q interview on like a DVD and you put like a Stan Lee interview on a DVD, I'm much more likely probably to watch the Stan Lee one first just by virtue of the fact that like, Stanley had this weirdly infectious energy. And like, there's also like this thing. Cause I, I did watch, um, the day it happened. Uh, I watched, uh, men without fear. Cause the one thing that was good to me, but the daredevil movie, uh, was the DVD. There was this, uh, doc on there. It was a nine part thing where it was, um, the men without fear, where it was, they interviewed Stanley, uh, John Romita, Gene Colan, um, Bendis, Quesada, Kevin Smith, like basically like a lot of people who were like closely associated with Daredevil, Frank Miller, obviously. Um, But like, if you actually like with these movies, they couldn't use obviously like Jack Kirby, but, um, but it just kind of this whole thing where it's like, (laughs) there's this whole bit bit in it where like Stan Lee at the beginning of it just like, it's like, I really feel like I should be more intense. Like, I, I hate that Miller's always much more intense than I am. And I was like, but that's not your gimmick. Like, your entire gimmick is that you're, like, you're super enthusiastic, and that's awesome. Like, Frank Miller's gimmick is that he's bitter and intense and, like, whatever. And Yeah, Miller's gimmick is that there are parts of his childhood that he's never discussed publicly <laughs> and that are, frankly, none of my goddamn business. <laughs> but no, but, like, I don't know. It's just... But the interesting thing that Stan had died the director of Veterans Day, because like that was the whole thing is like, I, in fairness, I kept saying Stan because I was like, I feel like once he died, calling him like Stan Lee then became weird because I'm just like he's Stan Lieber. Let's like let's let's now let him just be his regular Jewish self. Mm. Like must we do? Mm. Like must we? Still use the fake name. Hi, Kevin Cardinal here, podcaster and occasional advertiser. Patrick can view the stakes. I've killed him and disposed of the body. I'm just kidding. But one thing I don't joke about is my caffeine intake. That's why I drink G Zero. G Zero has over 26 times the amount of caffeine as other name brand energy drinks. And let's talk about sugar. Wow, health is a real concern for me, and that's why I know a lot 
of name brand soft drinks these days are using all natural cane sugar to answer those concerns. So that's what G Zero does. I mean, what G Zero does is they mix all those same natural cane sugars together with over 19 different artificial sweeteners. It's state of the motherfucking art. Oh my god, G Zero is so delicious, and more importantly, it gets me amped. I've drank six cases since last night, and I haven't slept, and I just quit my job. So wooey, fuck it, let's do it. Drink G Zero or fuck. Oh! G-Zero may cause mood changes, constipation, irritability, chest pains, or death. Do not drink G-Zero if you're pregnant or suffer a major heart defect. Get your punctures does not claim responsibility for any medical conditions or fatalities suffered while drinking G-Zero. It was right after Veterans Day where they had shown, because like, that was the whole thing is that he had like been in, I think, the army. And like, that's the thing, like he was a dude who like, he lived a fucking life. Like, and, and it was more than just the Marvel thing. The Marvel thing is definitely like the thing that's kind of most, well, that would be the thing that's like really his legacy and that's what really lives on. But like, he's just... If you made a Stanley biopic, I would see the fuck out of that movie. Like, it's like I feel like that would be a really interesting story to watch. Yeah, it would. Just because it's like again, if it's like, they could break away from the biopic thing. That we, yeah, that we, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, before <laughs> we, we were off recording, mic. we were talking yeah. about Bohemian Rhapsody, and uh, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna break the crazy formula that every biopic of the last how for all of time yeah. has adhered to, maybe let's do it with the biopic that isn't about a musician for the first time ever. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Um, but no, like, I don't know. I do think, and also I, I, I would like to see more of, because like, that's the one thing is like, um, the whole idea that like, because if you watch, even though I know it's bullshit, but if you watch, because um, what I watched the night, after I watched uh, Men Without Fear, I watched Infinity War, because I wanted wanting to watch Infinity War for like a little while now, but I was like, it's kind of the ultimate Marvel movie, so like I might as well watch it the day that I want to like kind of mourn sure. the guy who is to a large extent like the father of most of these characters. And then I also watched Mallrats because like his whole little cameo in Mallrats is one of my favorite Stan things ever. And granted, again, I know it's all bullshit, but like the idea of like him creating all of these characters out of like his own personal like pain and demons is kind of an interesting idea that I'm kind of curious if any part of any of these characters was like something that he was writing as like a reaction to something in his own life, or it was all just shit that kind of his imagination. Like mm-hmm. cause he tells like, the Spider-Man story basically just like he saw a spider and thought it was, a cool I think, I think the character of Peter Parker was supposed to be him. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I, I don't know that any of them are him or aren't necessarily. Like, I, I think that Peter Parker is the most him of anyone. Like, I probably. Think, I think that's the character that he really put himself into. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it goes. To, I mean, that character, aside from being just the most popular for whatever reason, that character has become immensely popular. But I also think that that's the character that he kind of chose to represent him in a lot of ways too, like yeah. in marketing and. In oh, no, that's that's press. part of the the Bendis thing because um, he was about like uh when he uh, was, I guess, working on Ultimate Spider-Man, which obviously took the Sp- the first Raimi Spider-Man movie took influence from. Yeah, so sure. I guess Sam Raimi called him and was like, oh, uh, Mr. Bendis, or he's like, oh, hey, Brian, um, we're screening a little bit of the movie if you want to come by, whatever. He's like, I've never met this man in my life, but hell yes. And like, he goes uh, to the screening room and uh, it's literally just Sam Raimi and then Stan Lee sitting on this couch. And he was just like, I spent most of the movie just or what they showed us of the movie just watching Stan's reaction just because like you could see how much it meant to him that like he clearly had wanted this to happen for so long. And it's like somebody finally did bring it to life like on more than just the page. And like you could see how much that meant to him. And that's like I do think like I definitely think all of because I feel like Spider-Man is definitely like. Um, you will you you definitely can argue, and I do think that like um the X Men are really good like as a political statement, but it is funny that like by all accounts the reason the X Men exist and they have those powers was purely because he was so sick of coming up with the origin stories and he was just like make them poor with their powers. How about how about that? Like, <laughs> and then it became like a metaphor and became because it's, it's a metaphor. It's also evolved. Like it started as a like that's why I thought it was funny when um. And Deadpool, like when they make the joke, we're just like a dated uh, metaphor for racism. I was like, but it's not though, because it's not 
necessarily just racism. It's any kind of prejudice. And that sure. until that goes away, like yeah. it's always going to be a valid I mean, thing. I mean, even like racism hasn't gone away either. Clearly. No, of course so, not. Like, I mean, I still think even if it's just racism, I, I still think that's. Even though like, I don't think it's dated, I feel like that's the whole thing with uh, the X Men, especially though, is like that's that, that, that's like the best example to a large extent of like, really of that time of like something that means something when you're a kid that means something completely different as an adult. Because like when I was a kid, I didn't see it as like I definitely didn't see it as a metaphor, but like I didn't even see them as like in any way in like a bad like. So these just a group of badasses with like each of them have really cool powers yeah. fighting as a team. Like this is fucking cool as shit. Yeah. It's not until you're an adult that I'm just like, oh, now I see what they were going now, for. Now that I'm thinking about that, the X Men are probably the least dated of any classic Marvel origin mm-hmm. or property because they're one of the only superheroes in early Marvel Marvel dumb we could say. Okay, but they're one of the only group of characters or just characters period in early Marvel that didn't acquire their powers in some kind of scientific accident that involved outdated science or technology. Well, Iron Man, like kind of, well, all right. Spider-Man though, like a radioactive spider. Like it's very, it's very cold war. Even like, you know, gamma rays. Yeah. That's kind of like a dated thing at this point. Iron Man, whatever. I mean, they've, they've still kind of modernized it. Oh man, of course, but it's still, it's like being like, dude, like basically gets blown up by his own fucking weapons Dude and then turns in himself suit? into a weapon. Yeah, I don't know. Still, I don't know. Something about it seems very like space age. I mean, I guess, but I mean, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I just, and I do think like the whole thing is like the, it's about the whole like because the thing that kind of went viral was the Stan's soapbox, like he was like the bigotry and racism thing. Mm. Um, where like so that was the thing is like I do think. That's the other thing that Stan did that I feel like people have done in recent years, which is cool and everything, like the end of Dio and like where it's like they try to like bring you in as kind of like make you feel like you're like like an insider, like you're part of like the whatever, like you're part of a community. Sure. Um, but I feel like Stan is like the first one that really did that because it was just like oh yeah for sure because it was like the whole like the Marvel Marching Society and like all that shit were there letter sections in comics before Stan I don't remember honestly I couldn't tell you <laughs> that I would be alive, that, that's so. a that's a good thing to Google for anyone <laughs> listening to this and then you can email it to us at the email address that doesn't exist <laughs> I don't know exist. find us on Facebook or something message us there I oh. might have had a Google or a Gmail for this I don't remember honestly yeah, just message us on Facebook or SoundCloud or some shit I don't know. Fair enough, but no, like it's but it's not even just like the, the letters thing is cool, but it's just the fact that he was like he's telling you about like the bullpen, which granted obviously is probably kind of bullshit. Tell me about the boys, like which I I doubt it's like it's fun as they made it seem, <laughs> but like um there's like that, and then it's like him talking to you as a reader, and then the other thing is like. That's the one thing is like I remember I'd heard I can't remember who it was because it was like the myriad of people who have come out with on Twitter with like their stand stories and stuff, but like somebody said and I it actually it broke me was um there was like he really did love everyone like it was just like if you like were interested in his character like you went you had like the passion for it you went to a con mm-hmm. like you whatever he's like he really did like he might not necessarily like know your name but like he cares about you because like you he really did treat people like he was part of a community like he was like a larger part of that like, he was almost like and i was like that to me is kind of the most enduring thing that i'll kind of probably take away is like yeah i love the characters but the fact that like he was a dude who like like you said at the start of this were just like was like he never like really like talk shit about DC or like any other like creators. Like again, like he, he, you could argue he took too much credit, but like he never like downplayed anybody else's achievements. Like it was always just like, it was about like making kind of everything important and making you not feel silly for liking things that are kind of inherently kind of stupid. Because that was like my whole thing is like I've talked about before, like the wrestling versus comics thing. We're just like, if you really break down comics, the whole thing is I remember like um, there was a whole argument uh, when they're making the Daredevil movie where like uh, the director wanted to put it bullseye in costume. And Joe Quesada was like, you can't put 
bullseye in costume and look like a fucking tool. And I was like, you it's, already have a guy in a daredevil costume. What I'm saying, it is true, but at the same time, it's just like, it's because you're willing to accept it. Like, it's because it just like, it's like the whole thing, like Garth Ennis had talked like with the whole thing of like, why he kind of treats superheroes as being ridiculous because he's like, I did, he's like, yeah, it's like, I didn't read him as a kid. So like, as an adult, I'm seeing this for the first time. And I'm like, of course this is fucking you know, this honestly, is insane. Like, I feel like a lot of people I talk to about comic book movies or whatever, and they're they're very fixated on the action of it all. Yeah, and they regard it as an action property. Whereas, like for me, like I don't really care about the action. And I've noticed. Well, I think both are important. I, I've no sure. I mean, it's definitely important. And I mean, there are cases like you know, I'll be watching Daredevil and be like, wow, like these fights are really impressive because they're just they're they're very cinematic and uh, just visually stunning and appealing you know um they're shot beautifully and they're they're like dancing or something you know um but um again but but for the most part like the times where superheroes work for me is when people use it as either hard drama or black comedy and even when you're using as hard drama there's a certain inherent comedy i feel to it because you have people in ridiculous outfits having incredibly real conversations and and falling into real situations and having to deal with interpersonal conflicts and stuff like that like that's that's interesting mm-hmm. you know uh it's it's absurd but it's interesting well because it's also operatic like yeah. it's just like i mean like in like opera is all about like these big fucking like over the top like costumes and like ideas and emotions and all that shit so it is kind of the same thing to a large extent we're just like i i i see like i think like i do see the ridiculous of it but at the same time i'm just like and that's why I don't necessarily like it's just like again it's like the wrestling thing where it's like I don't really try to change people's minds. It just it is fucking weird. It's, it's, it'll it'll never not be weird to me that like comics have become like a thing that's like cool and popular. Like I'm glad that Stan got to have that in his life. Like the the things that he created became like the biggest things in the fucking world. Like I can't imagine the, the kind of validation you must feel for that. But it's just like to me it's like when i was a kid all the things i liked weren't fucking cool like i liked fucking horror movies which weren't fucking cool i liked fucking like uh pro wrestling which wasn't fucking cool i liked comic books which weren't fucking cool like all the things i liked weren't fucking cool and then just like fucking when comics became like this really like thing where like for, as i said like friends of mine who didn't give a shit are now like super excited about like Captain Marvel. They don't even know who the fuck Captain Marvel is. Mm. They just really, they just know they're really fucking excited about it. And I'm just like, it just, it's, it's both cool and weird and kind of surreal to me. Cause it's just like, I always obviously thought, cause like, I mean, going back to when I was like little, like, I think the first thing I ever saw, like, I don't know if it was, it was probably either Batman or the Hulk, like the, like the shows, like, I mean, on like reruns on TV. Um, but like, it's just stuff that like I connected with, and the other thing I thought was funny is like, um, and actually, even though it's been driving me nuts the last couple of days, because like it's led to a lot of fucking annoying conversations. But um, like my tattoos, like people were constantly like, it's like, oh, well, what? Like I've had, I've had like so many times that I've gotten them, or just like, like what's gonna happen if you don't like comics anymore? I'm like, I've liked this shit since I was like six years old. Like, how like, you really think we're gonna just stop now? Like all of a sudden, just because like it might stop being popular? Like I don't fucking I'm if it's not being popular, it'll go back to being the way it was my entire life. Like people didn't give a shit for most of my life. Yeah, and even like I feel like stuff that I've liked that long from my childhood. Like even like I lose interest for a while, but I always come back to it. You know, that's the thing. I never like like all the things that I've been like obsessed with. I've basically managed to maintain being no, obsessed I, with well it. i mean i think like even with like musical obsessions like i don't know like i did that with blink Grenade too yeah well you music know, I, I tend to kind of go through phases but well but i mean there's certain like blink Grenade too at the end of the day like it, as uncool as it may be to admit is huge to me because that was the first band that i was like really into like obsessively into and i think it's important in in adolescence to have those bands that you're obsessed with and just like yeah can't stop thinking about it. that was different i mean that was i started listening to them when i was nine or whatever and then probably around the time i was like 13 14 or like 14 i probably like started to lose interest and i tuned out and then you know like 10 years later i came back to it yeah no yeah i mean that's the thing is like for me it's like all of it was just like stuff that like i just i don't know just fixate on for one, one reason or another but yeah like the tattoo thing is like 
the last couple of days, I keep getting people who are like, oh, were you sad that Stan Lee died? I'm like, yes, motherfucker. Like, is why he, would I have these tattoos? Is it going to be your next tattoo? Maybe like a face tattoo? No. A, St- a Stan Lee icon teardrop? Just Stan Lee's head just <laughs> actually, that would ripping be cool. out of your eye? That'd be rad. <laughs> that actually would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that one. You can have that one. If, if, you, if somebody could make something that small, I would. Like, if I was, I was in better economic standing right now, I would pay for that. <laughs> Dead serious. Just you wait. Just you wait. Once, once I got a little money in the bank, I will potentially... Maybe a birthday gift in the future. Who knows? Fair enough. Thank you. Is your birthday again in February? February? Yeah. It's sooner than anticipated. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew it was in February, but I was, you know. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> well, sometime. Fair enough. We'll see. Yes. But no, like, I don't know. It's just stuff that I've been, like, fixated on forever. Just like, it's just like, I, I really love... I, and honestly, I couldn't even really completely put my finger on why. Like, because it's like, I've told you, like, I think the reason, like, I got into Daredevil was because I saw Daredevil on Trial of the Incredible Hulk. And I was like, oh, fucking ninja. Fuck yeah. Like, didn't care about the blind thing. Like, it was just like, fucking ninja superhero. I'm in. Like, whereas, like, this thing is like, I can kind of figure out why I probably liked, like, certain characters but like I think my entryway for Daredevil was that like I was a huge Spider-Man fan mm-hmm. and I knew the Kingpin as a Spider-Man villain yeah. and I was like oh this guy like has a thing with Daredevil like that's cool that, yeah. that, that this Spider-Man villain is appearing in this Daredevil book yeah that's why I'm still like bummed out that they're, they're clearly not going to use Kingpin ever in a Spider-Man movie because I'd really yeah. like to see especially that Kingpin like I'd really like to see that Kingpin in a fucking Spider-Man movie I would love to see the enforcers, but I would love to see the enforcers as Kingpin's henchmen. Mm-hmm. So I guess you'd have to do them on Daredevil. Yeah, but no, yeah, like again, like, I I don't even know, like I can probably like put my finger on like certain characters again, like like X Men. It's like I don't even know what it was. It just it was like the thing that like most kind of hooked me, other than like Batman, where I was just like, holy fuck, like this is amazing. This is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So like to the extent like where they like were. um doing because i think like it's like i i can kind of like when i first started getting tattooed everyone just like oh i want like meaningful tattoos I'm like to me this is meaningful like it's like i could train treat everything in my life back to batman and then like i told like but like the whole thing was like with x-men like it's almost the same thing we're just like going back when i was a kid it was like just my favorite like it's like what was one of my favorite things and i didn't know anyone else who even knew who the fuck they are they were because the movie obviously didn't exist or anything mm-hmm. Except for my friend June, who I met uh, when I was like 13. And then we just bonded on that. And it was just like the whole thing. And he got me into like image from there. And then kind of my whole thing, like my whole world kind of opened up because it was just like, holy shit, there's books that exist that aren't from Marvel and DC. Like that's, that's insane. Like that's, that's, that's not a thing. I didn't even, I, did, I didn't know that was even a thing that existed. So it's like, I don't know. It's just like, they, uh, there, I'm still kind of bummed out. Like, if we'd done this the actual day Stanley died, I probably would, this probably be a much more maudlin kind of a thing. But like, because I've had a couple of days to kind of like sit with it and kind of read people's stories and stuff, it's like I do kind of want to. I, I'm kind of happy to kind of celebrate his life and just the fact that like he lived a probably a better life than either of us are gonna. Live. Oh, he lived a better life than most people are ever gonna <laughs> yeah. live. Like he, he lived he has, a fantastic life. He got to be a fucking. He's a legend. Like if I live to be a hundred and fifty, I don't think I'll have as good of a life as that guy has. No, had. and that's the and, the, and that I don't even thing, mean that in a shitty way. No, just, yeah, that's just a, that's a really high benchmark. Yeah, like, totally. And that thing is like I do think I don't know. It just the the I, fact. The fact that he died is a bummer, but the fact that he did so much that will be – he kind of lives forever in that regard. I think few people have the cultural significance he has where yeah. he – like it sounds like an overstatement for anyone who doesn't give a shit about comics. But if you really think about what he's given us and everything he's done and the, the state of where pop culture is now – I would say he's as important as the Beatles or even JFK. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, to a, to a large extent, like, if you really break down, like, even the stuff that, like, no, nothing to do with comics, you just take, let's say, authors that you like or, like, whatever, like, TV you like. Stephen King. Like, yeah. It's like you break down anything you like, 
you could probably find influence from Stanley and Marvel in it. Just because, yeah. like, it just, it was such a, he's, it was, he, he, to, I hate this fucking phrase because it's just so cliche, but he really did kind of had a finger on the pulse without even realizing it, where it was like, he managed to kind of be involved with the creation of all of these, all of these different characters that were based on all of these ideas that he just managed to like kind of synthesize so perfectly and like help like bring into existence that like they permeate everything. Like these ideas, like just literally like, yeah, I mean, he's not like the one necessarily the one coming up with the ideas, but he's the one that's bring them to actual physical manifestation and like, giving somebody an inspiration to create their own like actual physical manifestation of something else that's maybe completely different but like that's just i don't know does the fact that like he's managed to have such a massive influence on probably literally everybody of this generation the last generation even if they don't know about it the generation before mm. it just i don't know and the fact that again like the thing you kind of touched on earlier is like i that, that occurred to me the day it happened i was like you go through the list, it's like Stanley created like co-created Spider-Man, the X-Men, like Iron Man, but like go on go go on then the list, but it's just like you like Siegel and Schuster created Superman, and that's it. Yeah. Bob Keen and Bill Finger created Batman, and yeah, they also all the characters of the Batman universe, like Robin and Joker, sure. whatever. But still, um like Molten Marsden uh, but that's fine because Stan Lee created every character in the Spider-Man universe. Well, no, no, yeah, 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 it's fair. All the classics. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all these, like, other people just kind of had this one great idea, whereas he and Kirby and Ditko had, like, just fucking endless ideas. Like, so it's, I don't think you really can overstate his importance. So, like, I don't know. I... I will miss. I think that's another thing that makes the early days of Marvel seem cool too. Is that it's so? It, se- it seems kind of underground in a weird way, but then yeah. it, then it was like counterculture. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. It's like I will miss him by virtue of the fact that I won't see him in like interviews or like shit like that anymore. And there's no chance. I am now really kind of bummed out. I don't know. Even what the, I don't remember what the fuck we even did. Um, but I am now kind of bummed out we didn't go to that panel that he hosted last year to replace the Punisher panel because I'm like, yeah. fuck. If I had known that was like my only chance, yeah. I would have been like, fuck. But it is what it is. But no, like I definitely will like miss him. But I feel like he is somebody who like for all the time that you ever heard in like Thor, which another Stanley thing, where just like we're just like your story will live forever in Valhalla. It's like, I mean, he's literally all of these stories will live forever. Like, so in the sense, he never will really die. Like it's so, I don't know. It's just like, he's gone, but he's never truly gone. Cause it's like, he kind of lives as tried as it kind of seems. He kind of lived in everybody just by virtue of the fact that like, it was such a widespread, as I said, like, it was a widespread influence. So, I have nothing else to say. If you have anything else to say, speak now forever. Hold your peace. Okay. <laughs> this has been Gifted Punksters. Rough. Rough crowd. <laughs> I'm Pat. I'm Kevin. Okay, bye.
This has been a Gifted Punksters podcast. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever the hell else podcasts are available. We also do social media. Okay, bye-bye.